hello, hello. This is Toothy Cold, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. Dr. Walter Aka. What is going on? As you can see, it's just us today. Uh, you know, we kind of wanted to, you know, so everybody's graduating, right, Kyle? Right. And right. so we want, we thought to ourselves, what can we do to help out uh, the graduating class? So we're going to actually just do a breakdown of our experiences when it came to finding jobs, residencies, um, where to work, how to work, questions to ask, how to value yourself. Because I feel like uh, evaluations are very skewed, right, towards right. Um, the corporation or the office. So you got to kind of know what kind of value you're going to be able to bring into the office so you can ask for the proper amount. Uh, and, and just an honesty, like how much people are actually getting paid. I feel yeah. like a lot of people are skewed by the number thinking, oh, well, general dentists make over 150. Most associates coming out don't make 150. No, no. You and, see? and so, yeah. It's an even harder year with, you know, coming out of COVID and shutdowns, uh, what kind of skills you have, what kind of, you know, requirements you had coming out of dental school. How is that going to affect you in, in real world dentistry? Right. And just like uh, when I graduated in 2009, uh, dentists aren't retiring now. No. Because of what happened last year and the year before, like they're right. they're they're like, oh my god, I saw this happen with my you know retirement. I I I took on more debt. I had to do this. I had to do that. I mean, you know, uh, despite everything, I will say that the government kind of helped with the PPP loan, but that still didn't mean that people weren't shutting their doors. That right. still didn't mean that people weren't going through a lot of headaches. So people are not retiring like they used to. So. Or Let's the people that, that couldn't, they couldn't make it through, or they were at a point where they could retire. A lot yeah. of them just ended up shutting their doors because they yeah. said, look, I don't want to deal with this. Uh, they didn't really have anybody coming out of school. So it was a good opportunity to you know, shut the office down, go to retirement. And that's one less practice for you to work at. That's very true. That's very true. And I, I think people have to understand that the growth of uh, corporate dentistry is, is real. Right. You know, and they're changing like Heartland, for example, you'll never know it's Heartland. Right. Uh, you right. just see it as a dental office because they're basically trying to give you that vibe of, uh, you know, private practice, uh, uh, standalone. But right. in actuality, there's a bigger entity behind it. So, right. you know, all right. these things we should talk about. So um, let's talk. Let's let's start, Kyle. You know, so, OK, I'm going to be I'm going to be the uh, <laughs> official graduate. OK, I'm okay. the official okay. graduate. You know? I know. Actually, hell, no, you're the official graduate. You're younger. <laughs> you're okay. younger than I am. You're the official graduate. So, Dr. Kyle, congratulations. You graduated from the University of Pittsburgh. You know, you're excited. What are you going to do next? Uh, well, you know, first thing I'm, I'm looking at is that student loan payment because it's, right. you know, hanging over our heads at, what, at three, four hundred thousand dollars or more. Uh, so, coming out of dental school, everybody's thinking, all right, I'm a doctor now. It's time to make some money. Uh, so the options are if you didn't sign up for a residency and you're going straight out into private practice, it's either private practice, corporate. Uh, maybe your parents are dentists and you're going home to work at the, the family practice. Right. Those are Clin some you have clinics. You have uh, clinics. nonprofit clinics. Right. right? You right. have uh, Indian reservations. You can work right. on there. Uh, there's so many different ways, man. There, there's military, oh, but that's military. not something you sign in or sign up for last minute. Right. Um. <laughs> well, you could, you could yeah, actually, yeah. you could, and you can get a sign-in bonus. I don't know what it is, but you can definitely get a sign-in bonus. And I want, I think we should talk about the pros and the cons to that as well. 
Right. Right. So you get a you get a, a signing bonus, but you're probably going to be making a little bit less. Right. You see, and right. then they also can help you with your student loans, but that's actually harder to negotiate that after after dental school versus before dental school. Right. So right. I, I guess the options are uh, when you come out is private practice where you pretty much whatever you're producing is what you're going to make. So you're in control of your salary. A lot of there are wait, private practice. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we talking about owning your own practice or are we talking no, about no, being no. an associate? Be, being an associate. So okay, as but there's an, still a percentage. Right. So you get a percentage of whatever you're doing. So if you, you know, only want to do a couple of, you know, one crown and a bunch of fillings a day versus if you pack, are able to pack your schedule full, the more you do, the more you make, you have a little bit more control per se over how much money that you can make. Okay. Well, let's break that down though. There's um, getting paid on collection and production. Right. Right. More like most likely everybody's getting paid on collection, correct? Correct. It's hard to get paid on production, meaning I made I did something, I get paid exactly that. Right. Right. So, that's not beneficial for the office. Right. So I when you come out of dental school, there is depending on what kind of office you are, there's gonna be insurance write offs. So if you're doing, say, a thousand dollar crown, you think, Oh, cool, I'm gonna get thirty, thirty five percent of that thousand dollars. Not if you're with insurance. Insurance will knock it down to maybe $600. Then you're getting your 30, 35% of that. If the office is able to collect the insurance portion and the patient portion. So that's one of the things that new grads should be asking offices that they're interviewing is, what's your collection rate? And a lot of dentists will say, oh, I'm at 98, 99%. <laughs> say, no, I, I want to see, you know, show me a report. What is your actual collection rate, what gets written off, and whose decision is it to write it off? So, okay, well, can, okay, so you're graduating. You're coming right. to my office. You want to work in my office. Right. Would I feel some kind of way if you're sitting here saying, hey, I want to see your books? Because that's, in, in, I mean, in actuality, that's what you're asking, right? For, them to, for you to see my books. Right, right. And, and yeah. If you're going into a practice that doesn't want to share that kind of information with you, I think that might be a little bit of a red flag. I mean, it's one thing, sign a non-disclosure agreement. I'm not going to be sharing your information with anybody else. I just need to know this before I signed a contract with you. But if you're going into an office that ha they only collect 80%, then you're doing a lot of work. You're doing 20% of your work for free because they're never collecting on it. So that's something you should know. Uh, the other what thing, actually, what actually um, prevents offices from collecting 100%? Uh, bad financial policies. Um, you know, uh, bad, Break that down. So if you don't have a good insurance team that is following up on insurance claims, if you don't spell out the, if you're not collection, collecting the patient portion um, that day, once it gets over, you know, 60 days or 90 days, that money, if it hasn't been collected already, it's pretty much gone. There's a very low chance that you're going to get that money. So, and then if, if you don't have those clear financial policies set out, say you tell the patient, Hey, look, you need a crown. Patient says, great. If that's what you recommend, I'll do it. 
And as a new new dentist, you're excited. You do the crown. They go up front and they say, the front desk tells them, okay, your portion is going to be $400. The patient says, whoa, whoa, I, I never, nobody ever told me how much it was going to be. So then it becomes whose decision is it to handle that? If it's the owner, do they want to keep that patient there and keep them happy? So they say, well, you know, we'll write off, you know, 15, 20%. That's our fault. You know, we should have been more clear. Or is that decision up to the associate? So who's making the decision to make write-offs whenever that needs to happen? And so who, is, who, who honestly makes that decision? Let's be real. The, the owner. Yeah, the owner. It's not the associate. So I think right. associates uh, shouldn't come in thinking that they have a lot of power, especially in an office that you don't have ownership stake in. Right, right. right? So, and that's something... I'm not saying you can negotiate that. I'm just saying it should be spelled out up front. So there's no misunderstandings between the owner dentist and the associate coming in. Um, other things to, to ask for is you know, if you are joining a private practice, uh, you know, what is the patient load? What does the schedule look like? How much does the owner dentist actually want to work? Is it, a, is it a one dentist practice that they're trying to build into a two dentist practice? So that means that slice of pie is gonna have to be cut into two different for, for each of you. And if the owner doc isn't willing to step back and say, let's feed the new associate dentist, I'm willing to, to step back, not work as much because I want to, you know, they got the student loans, they got everything, I'll feed their schedule and then, you know, I'll make up the difference. Or are you going into a practice where that dentist still needs to produce a certain amount and you might not be busy being the associate dentist coming in? And here's another thing that people don't don't ever look at is the, the, the reason why you're coming into that office, the reason why the owner doctor wants you in that office, right? right. It could be because they want to go do something bigger like, you know, implant course and they want to do like full mouth restorations. And, and, and so they want to do like more the aesthetic stuff. So if a patient mm -hmm. comes in and you talk to the patient as an associate and the patient says, yeah, you know what? I want to get seven of my teeth crowned. Mm -hmm. They may take that from you. Right. They may take that from you and say, oh, well, you don't have the experience for that. Right. So that's something that you got to kind of figure out, right? Are they just there so that you can basically feed their new venture that they want to get right. in? You yep, know they're I mean? gonna so that's another discussion. Are they going to take all those high dollar items from you right. and just leave high you dollars. with a couple of little fillings here and there that you won't be able to make the kind of money that you want to make? Right. Uh, how are new patients handled? Do they still yes. go to the, the owner doc? Do they go to the associate doc? Uh, all of these things need to be spelled out so you don't sign a contract and then all of a sudden you're like, shoot, I, I didn't know that all the new patients are still going to go to the new doc or the, yeah. the owner doc. He, I, I didn't know that I wasn't going to be doing any implants or crowns. I, right. I didn't know any of this stuff. Right. And right. that that creates a, a bad environment for everybody. And don't forget, a lot of people uh, forget this too, but emergency patients are sometimes your biggest gem. Yeah. You're right? So if you're like sitting there and you're going, oh, I don't want to take any emergencies, that might be that patient that needs a root canal, a crown. Right. So they want to be out of pain. And they're like, you know what, let me just do everything today. So right. you might go in with uh, an emergency patient and come out with like two or $3,000 worth of production all mm -hmm. in that day. And right. that can make your whole day. 
Absolutely. You see, so as an associate, I think you have to be willing to just say, I'll see the emergency. Sometimes uh, 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 more seasoned um, uh, doctors don't want to deal with the emergency patients. So that might be something that you can negotiate and say, hey, I'll see all the emergencies because I'm not doing much, right? I'm going to be a little slower or whatever it may be. What do right. you think, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that comes, I think, goes back to what your experience is coming out of dental school because you might feel like you're ready to take on the world, you know, ready to start working. But let's be honest, you, you really don't know dentistry. <laughs> uh, you know textbook dentistry right. uh, and ideal dentistry, but right. it, it's really when it takes three hours to do a couple of clues or fillings in dental school, uh, you're not going to make much money there. So if you're looking for a practice, another thing you have to look at is, do I want to find a mentor that's going to teach me? And what is the trade-off there? Uh, If I go work for a corporate office and I get a guaranteed salary, no matter what I do versus do I want to you know, make less that first year or two, but if I find a really good dentist that is able to teach me above and beyond uh, what I would learn being on my own, working at a, a corporate office by myself, right. that knowledge that you're going to get that year out kind of serves as your residency. And although you're not making very as much money, you're working one-on-one with somebody that can teach you the skills that can give you access to more profitable procedures for the next 30 years. Okay. Let's talk about the percentage situation because up north, I believe that percentage is really, what, 30, 30, 30 to 35%, right? Yeah. For private in, practice. In Texas, I'm hearing as low as 22 to 30%. Oh, yes. wow. Yes. Yes. I'm hearing like 22 25, 27, 30. Okay. Right. I, I've never, I haven't heard anybody going over 30. Okay. So remember every, no matter where you go, you got to kind of look to see what's the average, what's the normal. Right. Am I getting screwed over because this office is like, oh, I'm going to give them less. Mm-hmm. Right. Or am I getting actually above asking compared to other um, associates? Right. Right. So the first thing you got to find out, are you going to get paid on collection versus production? Right. Then the second is, can you negotiate your percentage? Right. And the only way I know to negotiate percentage is to come in with something that the office does not do or to make yourself more valuable. Right. Right. I do implants. Oh, okay. I do molar endos. Oh, I do sleep apnea. Oh, I do Invisalign. You see, all right. those things are something that you could add on and say, this is why I deserve to get paid a higher percentage. Right. But if you come right out of dental school and you say, I do a mean class two composite you know <laughs> like, they're gonna be like okay that's nice that just, you are not getting a higher percentage i don't care how mean your composite looks you know yep, so so yep. that's uh, right that's another discussion to have with somebody and say what is your true value as uh, as an associate and what are you actually bringing into the office that's going to benefit the office right uh, another thing that comes back to percentage of what you're making is it a fee-for-service office where you charge out $1,000, you expected to get $1,000? Or uh, for those who don't know anything about insurance, when you sign up for insurance, you agree to accept a lower fee schedule. So instead of that $1,000 crown, you're getting 600 But the office down the street 
they might have a different contract with that same insurance company where they might get $700 for that crown, where the office you're looking at only gets 600. And right. we're really how not- How many insurance companies do they take? Right, because each insurance company is gonna have a different fee schedule, uh, a different payment amount. And that's not really something dentists are allowed to discuss with each other is how much are you getting from this insurance company? Right. This is what I'm getting because the insurance company set up laws against that, uh, that prevent us from doing that. So if you're getting 30% at one office, and 35% at another office, you really don't know what you're getting 30 or 35% of because right. unless you see what these fee schedules are, it might right. be, you know, a, a Medicare Medicaid office that, you know, you're getting 20% of what the office fee schedule is. And, you know, those are all questions that you have to, to ask during your interviews or figure out what kind of practice you want to go into. And, and don't forget, so we got HMO, we got PPO, we got FIFA service, right? Different right. types of insurances. Uh, FIFA service, I believe, is kind of like a dying uh, a unicorn. <laughs> there aren't that many dental offices that are FIFA service. So I feel like when you come out of dental school, don't expect that. Right. You know, you'll the, be very lucky. I, I think the fee for service model, those are dentists that have built relationships with those patients or right. built a big reputation that people are willing to pay that office fee. If you're coming in as the new dentist, they're not, they're not coming there to see you to pay high dollar amounts. They're coming there to see whoever's been working there. So it's, uh, Fee for so, service, you got you got to watch out because you don't know what your schedule is going to look like. So this is actually from uh, Dentistry Today, and it says that the fee for service, uh, the percentage of dental offices that are fee for service are five to ten percent only. Yeah. So ninety percent of offices accept insurance, guys. Like that's yeah. something that I think you have to wrap your mind around. You know, right. Mrs. Uh, Doctor Smith over there uh, has been in office for like fifty years. He has a yeah. small office you know, and only accepts a small amount of people, yep. right? He may not be doing a lot of the big stuff that you want to do because the fee for that would be incredible. So right. we got to look at that, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we've talked about your percentage. We've talked about the type of uh, compensation. We've talked about insurance. Um, let's talk about, so that's a private practice. Let's talk right. about corporations because you and I also work uh, for corporations as a general dentist too. So let's talk about right. corporations and the difference between what we've noticed with corporations. Okay. Uh, break, well, break it down the same way. So you, Kyle, graduated and you want to work for a corporation. And there's the big ones, you know, Heartland, Aspen, uh, uh, Pacific, right? right. And then yep. there are other ones within there that kind of follow the same model, right? Right. And uh, uh, a corporation is just that. It's a corporation. It's, it's, it's not a family. It's a business. It yep. wants for you. It basically never wants to lose, right? It's like right. going gambling. The house will always win. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand. No matter what, the house always wins. And that's yep. what the corp that's what corporate is. Yep. Right? From the, the fact that if you, you're in corporate, they take a, a, a percentage of management fee before anybody else gets paid. That's the yep. first thing that I noticed. Kyle, yep. tell me if I'm wrong. No, so again, right. the house always wins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before, you made a hundred dollars. The house is getting nine, 10, 11 percent off that hundred dollars before you even see a dime. Yep. That's something that people don't talk about, right? Let's talk about negotiating uh, percentage. How so, does that work? It doesn't. 
<laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs> my experience with corporate, whenever I, because I, I tried to negotiate my contract, they don't negotiate on your contract. Whatever right. that ba base contract is, they don't care. They're not going to negotiate on it. So I, I believe Heartland at the time was 25%. They, they gave a guaranteed salary, which they would, they will negotiate on whatever your guaranteed base salary was, yep. depending on what the need is for the area. So if you're going into a high demand area where they can fill it, you know, with 10 people tomorrow, then your base salary is going to be pretty low. Uh, if you want to go to an, say an office that they've been having a hard time finding a dentist, they might offer you, you know, higher base salary. They might offer you a sign-on bonus. They might offer you moving expenses. They might offer you... Um, I've heard tuition... Re uh, tuition payment. reimbursement. Right. Right. So it's, that one is all on where you're willing to go to work. It, uh, so if you don't care where you end up, you can contact the recruiter and they'll just tell them, I want to go where I'll make the, the most amount of money, where the biggest sign-on bonus is, and they'll point you in that direction because they right. just need a doctor in that building. Right. And a little bit of a correction. So they have a range when it comes to percentage from what I remember. You know, and I'll speak for like uh, Pacific or whatever, right? Okay. Uh, and other, well, they have a range. So they'll say, well, the lowest will pay you percentage is like 25, you'll say, right? And then there's the next tiers, 27 and then 30 maybe, right? And again, mm -hmm. these numbers are not specific to just Pacific or they're not specific to uh, corporate, but they have a range. So depending on how much, experience you have again they might give you a higher percentage but they're not going to go over you know uh their set range that they have right so you're right, right. on that sense right uh and then like you said the, the guarantee i personally believe that every dental associate should get the highest guarantee possible don't let them fool you with all these bells and whistles well if you make this you'll get this and you have a potential right. to make this like that's all just smoke to me that's like yeah. don't smoke up you you know what like yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that's all be don't go for that you know that's right. like if you know because don't forget every time you hit a goal the goal post gets moved back the next time so it's yeah. not like you're hitting the same goal post no it's like oh well you hit that number okay well cool let's go ahead and yeah. give you an additional yeah. range to the point where like it becomes almost impossible to reach right tell me yeah. if I'm, I'm wrong no nope, you're right you're right so with corporate the way i I, they tried to do that same thing to me where I wanted the highest base salary possible. And they come back and say, well, if you, you know, take a lower base salary, you'll get to bonus faster and then you'll make more money in the long run. And I said, no, I can still bonus if I, if I have a, a base salary, but I'm guaranteed this money where if I accept a lower one, I'm not guaranteed anything. So for, for corporate offices, I, I would try to get the, the highest base salary because uh, the, I like I like corporate dentistry. I think it has a place. Yeah, and I absolutely, it, I do too. It, they have other perks along with it uh, right. that, you know, continuing education, travel to CE, uh, paid time off, you yes. know, health insurance, insurance. vacation yes. that, that a lot of private offices can't offer or don't offer so there, I want there's to, you know what kyle i want i want i want people to listen to that what you just said is actually the biggest difference i've noticed is if private practices wants to compete with corporate they have to start thinking as a corporate right 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 how do i one how do i make sure that my overhead is reduced but then how do i give incentives for people to want to work for me 
Right. And that's what you just said right there. Right. Yep. You, you get vacation, you get insurance. Like who wouldn't want insurance, especially with all the craziness that's going on now? Yep. You know, yep. who wouldn't want vacation? You know, those are the kind of things that I think make corporate more attractive and why they're able to go to demo schools and stuff and recruit so well, because they give you all these perks that private practice just doesn't seem to get their mind wrapped around yet. Right. So you might get a lower percentage in corporate, but you're getting all of those extra benefits on top of it. If, if none it of that stuff, right. If it matters to you <laughs> yeah. in private practice, you can get a little bit higher or, uh, percentage on your pay and, but you might not get some of those extra fringe benefits. Right. Um, I will tell you, uh, and this is just speaking from my own personal experience, the workload, uh, for corporate is intense. No. You don't come out and do uh, an hour, filling like there's no hour occlusal filling and you can just yep. sit there and relax and high five people you're seeing multiple people and that's actually transitioning into private practice from what i hear but it's really intense like they hit you and they load your schedule because to to them you are uh you're basically trying to make as much money for the office aka for them as possible so you're not coming in here thinking okay i'm gonna get a base salary that's high and they're not gonna work you to death that's not possible. I don't think that's going to work. And no. I honestly believe that people are always um, naive to that. That's why I don't think people stay in corporate for long. Yeah. Well, and if it's a uh, Aspen builds their own offices, but Heartland, uh, some of the, some of their offices are, are new builds, ground up builds. Others are they've Want, went out and bought an existing practice and incorporated it into Heartland. Uh, if that owner doc is still there, that owner doc needs to maintain a certain level of production for them to get their full selling price over the next couple of years. So if you're going into that office with the hopes of eventually replacing that owner doc, you still might not be getting a whole lot of patience in your schedule if that owner doc is wanting to see everybody so he can get maintain what he needs to so he can get his full selling price out of that office one thing uh, we didn't cover uh for yeah. private practice uh, uh -huh. that we did uh corporate didn't really i didn't think it came up in corporate but lab fees who oh, pays lab okay. fees and yes. when the lab fees come out Yes, let's talk about that because I don't believe in corporate. You have to worry about lab fees, but they tell Correct. you where to send your your labs, right? Right, uh, right. Because they negotiate with labs, they negotiate with materials. So that's something that they're very good at because they have a lot of offices, so they have negotiating power, while right. a, a dental office does not, right? So a corporate of, uh, office might say, "Hey, do everything in house, mm -hmm. or send it to this specific lab that we know we'll get a low fee for." Right. You know, and I'm not again, we're, we're, I'm not generalizing because there are corporates that don't do that. So we got to right. kind of make sure that we can say that. But most of the time, they've negotiated for you to go to these labs because it's lower fee. Correct. Right. Uh, with private practice, mm -hmm. uh, you might get 35 percent of production, but then they might want you to you know, pay half your own lab bill. Right. Uh, does that lab bill come out? Say your lab bill is a thousand dollars. Does that come out of total product or total collections before your thirty-five percent, or does it come out after your thirty-five percent? That's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, again, all I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I'm just saying these are 
the kind of questions that you should think about asking. Who's paying the lab fee? When does that get calculated? Do I get to choose which lab I want to send to? Uh, if I have a big case, do I want to send to it to you know the, the top of the line dental lab, or are you going to force me to you know send to labs that you already have contracts with? Right, right. So I think lab lab and uh, autonomy is big. I think that's what we're basically saying. Do you have the autonomy to do whatever you want to do? Send right. your cases to whoever because labs do make a difference, right? Uh, you could send it to a, a, a neighborhood lab who didn't really actually take their uh, the technicians through a rigorous course, mm -hmm. but instead found them off working at like Sears or or <laughs> came, you know uh, uh, Walmart. And it's like, hey, you look like you're good with your hands. Come and do these dentures, and we'll just do these dentures. No, I mean I, I'm, I'm being honest. Like you no, know, yeah. If you go overseas, they actually have graduate programs for lab techs, ceramists, yeah. right? Yeah. In the U.S., I don't know if we have that anymore, right? Well, <laughs> or, and, and with everything going digital, there's a lot of times, depending on the lab that you send to, the person designing or making your crown is, you know, he's he's computer tech. He he, yes. he knows CAD CAM. He, he knows that stuff. He doesn't know anything about dentistry. So you don't know what kind of product you're getting back because it wasn't designed with somebody that knows anything about dentistry. That's it, that's it. So that's another, okay, here's another thing too, technology. I think mm -hmm. a lot of new grads get excited when they're like, oh my God, we have lasers, we have, you know, CEREC in the office, we have CBCT in the office. Remember, those are cost. Yeah. So if you're going into an office that has that, you have to pay it off. I yeah. know if you go back to listen to uh, one of the episodes with Dr. Morris, a good friend of mine, we talked about lasers and Kyle yep. was a shit starter. <laughs> <laughs> and I basically said, in the end, you know, you basically do what you need to pay off, right? right. So if I have this $100,000 laser, I got to do as many laser cases as possible to pay off. Right. So, so that person might say, we have CIRAC here. We're going to do a lot of CIRAC stuff, but hey, I want to send it to the lab because it's an aesthetic case. No, you can do it here in office. Right, right. So that's something that you guys got to think about too. Is yep. the limitation because you have now you have fancy equipment, right? Right. So we got to look and say is is having the fancy equipment worth the limitations in order to pay these fancy equipments off? Right. And, and uh, uh, let's talk about implants because that's something you're well versed in. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to being able to do implants, yes. who's paying for that implant? Are you getting 35% of that implant fee or are, is that the cost of that implant to buy that implant? Is that coming out first? Right. Uh, are right. you able to choose the type of implants that you want to do? Are you yeah. getting some, you know, knockoff implant that that's what the office uses? That's what you're going to place. Or do you have the autonomy to say, no, I want Zimmer. I want Nobel. I want Strauman, something like that. Right. Uh, Cause that matters. Yep. And also negotiation. Again, right. corporate can negotiate for the fees of the implant. So they may be paying like $200 for an implant from Nobel, for example, you know, or Zimmer, whoever. And, and a private practice might be paying $400 for that same implant. Right. You yep. see? So again, these are the kind of things you got to kind of ask and say, okay, how much do you pay for implant? Because I really love to do implants. So how much are you paying for it? And then you have to kind of compare and contrast and say, what's worth it, right? So you may be getting a higher percentage, don't forget. Yep. But every time you have to do something that does not involve just the, you and the patient, 
there's costs that's associated with that. Right. And those are the kind of discussions we need to have with new graduates. It's a business. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Dentists pretend that it's not a business, but it's a business. I promise yep. you. Yep. If you're good, you try to limit your what your cost, your overhead. Right. Yeah. If you're an idiot, you basically <laughs> say, I'm gonna do everything in the world. <laughs> and then you go home and you're broke. You have a million dollar practice and you you make nine hundred thousand. So guess what? That you know, oh sorry, it costs you a million and one to actually yep. like keep this office running. You are yep. losing money. Yeah. Like no one's gonna last that long. Yeah. The failure rate for dental offices is like what, Kyle, like two percent? Yes, it's less than low. that. It's like yeah. really low, but those the, the, that two percent is a bunch of idiots that like to basically outspend and yep. don't think yep. about numbers. Yeah. So I want you as associates, please think about what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Right. I know you don't want to think about that because you know mom and dad are so proud of you. You graduated. They're they're, they're wow. Look at the doctor. You know <laughs> that that's, that that wears off after about like five minutes because you, you look at your student loan and you don't think doctor. You think broke. You, yep. know? <laughs> you know, and then you have to think logically, guys. You have to think and say, okay, what am I getting myself into? How can I go ahead and utilize? And I always say, I don't care what environment you're in, use that office for as much knowledge as possible. If you're yes. in a private practice. Figure out how he runs, he or she runs that office. Yes. If you're in corporate, figure out how they're still able to, you know, um, keep growing yes. at the rate that they're growing. Yep. People sit there and say, "Oh, I hate this. I hate that." Well, guess what? You haven't done anything. So how could yep. you possibly hate something you don't understand? Yep. Understand it, then hate it. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand, and I can hate. You know. <laughs> You know, I've been through the Aspens. I've been through Pacific. I've been through, you know, you've done Heartland. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've done other corporations. And I'm like, yep, I hate it now. You yeah. know? But I've also done other corporations and been like, yo, this is a great model. Yeah. I just need to make it work for me. Right. That's the key, guys. Like, you don't just sit there and go, oh, well, my friend is in private practice and, you know, they get to do implants all the time. And I don't get to do implants. Okay, well, figure out how you can do that in the environment you're in. Right. Yep. And then ask questions to your friend. Hey, how are you able to do this? And how much are you make it? Yep. That's another thing. Like we talk about all the great stuff we're doing when we come out, but you don't realize there's costs associated with it, right? Well, and if, if it is something that you want to start doing, say the office refers out all of their root canals yes. and you want to, you want to, come in and start doing the root canals, but there's some initial startup costs, whether it's yes. electric hand pieces, there's uh, you know, dual calamus, uh, you know, uh, gutta percha units, or, right. you, or the investment in files, the, the yes. systems, uh, put together a proposal. Say, this is how much this is gonna cost. Mm -hmm. This is what we expect to make with, you know, these different insurance companies, this, these are the, the income that's gonna come out of this. Yes. This is how many procedures that I need to do for you, the business owner, to pay this off and then become profitable. Nice. So once nice. you present that information as a business proposal saying, look, after 20 cases, this thing's paid off and it's more money in your pocket. At that point, it's a business decision. Say, yes, absolutely. I, I have no problem investing in that. Right. 
another thing that I actually learned a long time ago is everything is negotiable, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine if you want to you want to come into an office, and I keep using implants because I do implants, right? So I, I haven't done a, a, a root canal, God, knows, like <laughs> ten years. So I'm not going to talk about that, but. Uh, <laughs> But if, if you want to do an implant, right, you buy the implant motor, you buy implants, you buy the handpiece, you buy everything that goes along with it, bone, membrane, everything, right. right? You calculate and say, okay, this company is willing to give me all this because new grads, by the way, new grads, new grads, new grads, you get hell of a discount. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would huge. use you, I would use you new, new grads every day. Every year I want to use a new grad. Absolutely. I will pay you. You, you buy this for me. <laughs> Remember that. And that's another thing, guys. If you go into an, a, an office, they may be using you to basically pay for stuff because they yeah. know that that new grad uh, discount is in, it's incredible. It's so remember huge. that. Yeah. Another negotiating uh, tactic you can use. Hey, my new grad uh, fees are low. So this is what I'm going to do to basically get this implemented in the office. Right? Yeah. So what you can do is tell the office, hey, this off this company wants to give everything together is going to be ten thousand. Mm -hmm. I want you guys to pay the ten thousand and then take a thousand out of my paycheck. I don't know every month, every two months, or whatever it may be, until I pay that ten thousand dollars back. But then at the end of that, all that stuff is mine. Right. Yeah. That's an that's another thing you can do. Right. Yeah. So they 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 get the they hit the cost. You're making the money for them because remember they get a percentage of whatever you do. And yep. then you basically get that you basically pay it off like a, like a loan, yep. <laughs> you know. You get yep. that back. So that's a negotiation without the interest rate. Yeah. So that's something that you can actually think of new grads. You know what I mean? And I I hate I hate calling them new grads. It, it sounds very, you know, like <laughs> condescending. But it, <laughs> new grad, you know, <laughs> like get your act together, it's new grad. Like I wish I had this. I wish I had somebody talking to me. I, 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 you know, when we talk like this, it does remind us how old we are, Kyle. Because every time, like, if I was back when I was your age, you know what I mean? Like, like we, we've learned so much. We've learned yeah. so much that, like, it, it, it's just amazing to me uh, what we could have done if we had the knowledge that we have now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know? But, you know, I, that all that knowledge that we have came with a lot of, you know, mistakes along the way. Yes. And yeah. you're, as an, as a... I'll, I'll say it, new grad, since Walter doesn't like to use the term, uh, as new grads, you're going to make a lot of mistakes yeah. and just be humble, be honest, yeah. be apologized to the patient. Look, I gave it my best shot. This is what happened. Uh, they're going to be, you know, they might be a little upset initially, but don't hide things from your patients. That's when lawsuits happen. Yes. You know, mistakes happen. We're all human and you learn from it. You move on. And as a lot of dentists say, it's the practice of dentistry. It's not, you know, you're not coming out of school knowing everything. And the more you, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know what you're doing. Right. Um, you know, so it's funny. This this past Friday, man, it's, it was a tough week. I was irritated with almost everybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, my my assistants and and, and, and the officers and everything. It, it was, and it was a very tough week. And I had my last patient on Friday. Really, I mean, amazing person. When I say truly amazing person, she's a second grade teacher. Incredible personality. Like, mm. always happy. I, I'm like, why are you happy? I'm about to inject you with a needle. That's okay. You know, <laughs> at least I won't feel pain. I was like, yeah, you're right, technically. You know? <laughs> but incredible person. And, and I remember I, we, I went in there. We took the uh, x-ray. We're about to do uncovering. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the last stage before you get your impression and your crown. And I look and I'm like, man, there's bone lost around the implant. Yeah. Right. And it's one of those things where like, ah, to this day, man, like I don't have many of those, but when I do, I'm just like, it, you know, your heart just sinks. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like you're so you're so close, and this happened, right? And yeah. and and I I believe like she had like diabetes, and then that might have been a smoker or something. But no, I think she just had diabetes. And I was like, okay. So I go and I explain to her what happened, and she goes, okay. So what would, what would you do? And I was like, if you were a family member, I would start all over again. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, well, we'll start all over again. We're not charging you for anything. I'll build this area up again, but it's going to cost time. And it yeah. sucks. I hate when I have to say that to people. And I'm like, yeah. it's going to cost time. Because I truly believe that time is the most valuable thing. You can't put a, a monetary amount on it. So I was like, is, you know, and she was like, you know what? Thank you for your honesty. And for, for, for you know, she's, she's like, thank you for your honesty. And also thank you for taking pride in your work. Yeah. And that wow. kind of changed my whole mindset from, yeah, yeah, you know what? Me being completely honest with her didn't come back, you know, in a negative way. He came back. He was like, okay, well, it sucks. But this this and this and i'm not saying yep. everybody's going to be like her because i truly believe that she's like a saint you know <laughs> Any, anybody that teaches kids is a saint in my eyes yeah you know yeah I mean? absolutely but, but but that's the mentality that you got to come across and say this sucks have some sympathy and empathy right and say this sucks i know but this didn't go according to plans so how can i fix it right and i truly believe that most people 99 percent of people understand and go okay you know crap happens let's go ahead and fix it right right and- instead of denying it and they're making and, it worse. And that's part of the informed consent that you should be going yes. over. That yes. with ev- all of your patients, yes. nothing we do is 100%. Right. Nothing will well, ever I mean, be I was, 100%. I was covered. Right. Right. I was right, covered. Right, I right. make them sign. Yeah. I make them sign so much paperwork. It, I right. think they have to sign a paperwork saying that they got post paperwork. <laughs> yeah. They, I really have that. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. Now, but it was one of those things I was like, it's still my patient. Right. right. I still no, want to do sucks. what I can yeah. for them. And it sucks, but it, it happens, you know? Yep. And I'm not yep. ashamed to admit to that. Like, okay, I do have failures. And so I have to fix it. And, and I'm able to fix it. And we're going to get an, another one in, in there in like four months. I know. We, we that. don't call those failures, we call those non healing. Oh. Because cause you can do <laughs> the best work possible, but that it's attached true. to a human body. There, There is there's, nothing is guaranteed. So whenever you're new grads, when you're talking to patients, Make sure you're going over, you know, don't say to people, you know, this implant's going to be in your mouth for the rest of your life if you go that route. Oh, my God. I hate that so much. <laughs> you know, I, I really, no, that really pisses me off because I'm like, you, you don't use your car as much as you use your mouth. Yeah. But yet, after three years, you're going, you're going to buy a new car. And that car yep. might have cost you thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And you're okay yep. buying a new car. But you expect my implant that you use to chew on every, every day. Yeah. To last what 20, 30 years? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. When you're not brushing, you know? you're not flossing, you're, not you're brushing, smoking. You're not doing, <laughs> right. You're not even getting the oil changed. And, and, and you're surprised when it breaks down on you. Yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. Yep. But yeah, you know, um, let me see what else, Kyle. So um, military, I think military is a good way to go, but financially, you're going to be hit with uh, a, a lower price when it comes to right. how much you make. Uh, right. There's a lot more restriction restriction yep. on location right you have to right. Be, you have to go somewhere like one of my closest friends uh chris dindle he was on the podcast uh he was in okinawa for like two years mm-hmm. so they sent him to okinawa he had a list of where he wants to be and he, because he came out new grads uh you're at the bottom of the total pole when it comes yep. to the military yep. so you yep. are gonna go where they need you not where you want to be 
Hawaii is not in your cards. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the veterans. Okay. So, so listen, you grad, <laughs> get, to, get to the back and wait, you know? Yep. Um, so that's another thing, right? So uh, location uh, or lack of options for location um, fees. But here's the thing. If you do the um, uh, military before dental school, they usually pay for your tuition. So you yep. come out debt free and they give you a stipend while you're in school, which is yep. great yep. if you're okay with the other stuff. Right. Right. Uh, if you go to like, a, a, um, what is it? What do they call those uh, uh, reservations? Like uh, working for the Native Americans or the mm -hmm. health reserves and all that stuff. That's another thing. Sometimes they'll pay for your tuition again. Right. But location is limited. Fee, you won't get paid that much. Right. 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 So that's another thing. You can also get a um, tuition reimbursement and stuff. Uh, what else, Kyle? Is there any there, other route? There's a. Uh... National Health Service Corps, or which is National I think Same thing. basically uh, you know a, a community health clinic. Uh, yes. They offer tuition reimbursement, uh, but you might not make that same you know salary that you would make in private practice. You're getting other benefits like tuition forgiveness, uh, but uh, a little bit different patient population too. So you might not be able to do the more advanced stuff that you're looking for. You might right. be doing Fillings and, and extractions. Uh, yeah. That's That's yeah. So, well, let's end here, Kyle, because I think the next episode, let's talk about what we look, what we see when it comes to new graduates that are specialists. Yes. That's going to be the next, uh, uh, the next uh, podcast. So we'll bring that up. But this one was mainly geared towards GPs and you know what to expect when you graduate. So next time we're going to talk about graduates of uh, the specialty. And I put that in quotation because we feel like we're special, but after a while, you realize you're not that special. <laughs> so, new, new grad. Uh, <laughs> I'm still going to use that for the next people, you know. But, Kyle, I think we're good here. What do you think? Absolutely. Yep. Oh, I, good luck I hope to everybody we, out there. Yes, I hope we helped, man. I really do. Yep. I think we gave them a lot of gems that, you know, a lot of people don't tell them when they graduate. Yep. You know? yep. A lot so of in stuff the end, to think about. Yes. Next year, we'll have new grads, and then we'll stop calling you guys new grads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, Kyle. We right. appreciate yep. it. Right, Thank bro. you, Walter. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist, with an S, at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist, with an S, at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions, the final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.